call me sentimental, but to me, the most joyful moment in sports is the soccer goal. And when that goal happens at the World Cup, well, it's pretty good. I'm Brian Phillips. With the 2022 Men's World Cup approaching, I'm making a podcast called 22 Goals on the Ringer Podcast Network. It's about 22 of the most fire emoji goals in the history of the tournament. We're going to have so much fun. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays. And same-game parlays, all on one page. Plus, Start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and Bet Live. Same game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present. In select states, gambling problem, call 100 Gambler or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9. With available all-wheel drive that sets the pace and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that throws you one moment and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability, no system no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in. It is a surprise, surprise, surprise. Wednesday into early Thursday edition of New York, New York. And I felt compelled and obligated to get on the mic, even though we have a football Friday show coming up in like 24 hours for a couple of different reasons. A lot transpired in the last 24 hours, a lot from a New York baseball standpoint. And the first thing we have to do is salute number 99, Mr. All Rise himself, Aaron Judge, on tying Roger Maris's record. Hallelujah. Thank heavens. We've been waiting a week to see it. I know there were some folks wondering, oh, are they going to finally pitch to him? Are they finally going to give him an opportunity? He ties the record in Toronto. Aaron Judge's mom and the Maris family to have the great embrace. And look, I wasn't clearly on this earth. I wasn't even a thought. I, I, my dad was basically seven years old when Roger Maris broke Babe Ruth's record in 1961. So I saw Billy Crystal's movie. It's awesome. It rocked. I would have loved to have lived it. I didn't. What I can tell you is this. And I consider myself, you know, I'm a young guy. I think anybody who listens to this podcast knows I'm a young guy. I'm 34 years old. But if you don't think I'm a historian in a sport, you're damn fool. Because I live this shit. I love this stuff. I can't get enough of it. Baseball history and baseball records, there are certain numbers that just have cachet. There are certain numbers that just mean more. Roger Maris, 61 in 61, in a Yankee uniform, is one of those special numbers. Aaron Judge now 
tying Roger Maris. I don't think this is hyperbole. I don't think this is exaggeration. It is hands down the greatest Yankee season I've seen in my lifetime. Find me one from an individual. In my years of watching the team, okay, I didn't see Ruth. I didn't see Maris. I didn't see Mickey Mantle's triple crown. For me, 34 years on this earth, there was not a better Yankee season. Go and try and find me one. I'll take it a step further. In my years on this earth, there has not been a better individual New York sports season than what Aaron Judge has put together. Find me the guy. Remember, I didn't get Lawrence Taylor. I didn't see Gidry and Gooden. From my time of watching New York sports, which is really 1993-1994 on, nobody comes close. That's how special this year has been. It's been fun to watch. There will be more conversations about what you're going to pay Aaron Judge. Yeah, you want to see him pay it off in the postseason, of course. We'll see how many opportunities he actually gets to hit. But this was the ultimate bet-on-yourself type of year. And to go and tie Roger Maris, to be hands-down, clear-cut, no questions asked, the American League MVP, to be on the verge of potentially winning a triple crown. Think about that for a minute. Aaron Judge is on the verge of winning a triple crown and breaking Roger Maris's home run record. That's rarefied air. Whatever he wants in the offseason. Like, there are certain guys that, that need to be Yankees forever. Aaron Judge is one of those guys that's got to be a Yankee forever. And I think the Yankees know that. I think they're well aware of that, considering what they will get at the gate and what they have gotten at the gate as he's gone through this whole home run chase. Certain guys just mean more to your franchise than others. So that was cool to see. Glad he finds a way to finally get it over with. Hit 62, and then boom, we could focus on the, the final week of the year for the Yankees just being, all right, get guys tuned up. We'll see you at the bodega for game one, and away we go. Now, history is out of the way somewhat. We'll be at Billy's, by the way, on Friday. I hope to see you all out there. We'll have a time. Probably going to be in the late afternoon. So if you want to come down for the Spotify Live, I'd love to meet a bunch of you. Drinks on me. I'll probably be in a cheery, spiritual, festive type of mood because we ain't working on Friday night. So I'd love to take care of you guys. Come by Billy's Spotify Live. You're going to Yankees Orioles on Friday night. But the bigger win for the New York baseball teams, it's not even close. What a monstrous, monstrous, monstrous turn of events for the New York Mets. This game, after what happened last night, Carrasco getting absolutely lit. The mid-offense outside of Alonzo doing absolutely nothing. Failing with multiple opportunities. Silenced against the Miami Marlins. Then all of a sudden, you're looking at the scoreboard today, and it's 4 nothing Marlins. Buck probably sticks with Taiwan Walker a little bit too soon. The Met lineup doing absolutely jacked, you know what, against Lizardo. And the Mets, down 4 to nothing, find a way to come back and win this game. And let's call it what it is, the hero of this game. Without a doubt, and I knew it. And I'm glad my guy, Brazil, over at the New York Post, who hated, hated, hated Eduardo Escobar for the entire first half of the year. You know how many texts I got from him and all the other Mets fans? This guy's a stiff. He sucks. Ba, ba, ba. I told you guys, 
can get some big hits. I said that when we were at the Subway Series and he had the big home run against Montgomery. The guy is a veteran player. He wasn't going to be phased by the moment. This game today, Mets are dead. They are dead in debt. Boom, hits the two-run homer. Eighth inning, where the Mets had some awful at-bats. Lindor, and I don't want to hear about what he did in the Milwaukee game. You know how dumb it was? Walk, walk, pitching for the Marlins, can't throw a strike, and you're swinging at the first pitch? That is awful. McNeil, not much better. Two outs, runners on. I'm like, geez, they're not going to score here. Escobar comes through. Then in the extra innings, Donnie Mattingly, last couple games he's managing, walking McNeil, stupid. Escobar, since September 1st, has been on fire. Could argue he's been as good as any Met hitter. He single-handedly won the Mets the game today. Won him the game. And it's a huge swing. Every game is so important. That's what we talked about. If you call me on SOI yesterday, I had some Mets fans giving me shit for this. Killing the team. It's like, yeah, they deserve to be killed. That effort yesterday stunk. It's not a June or a July game. It's September against bad baseball teams. But as bad as that was, that's how good this one was. Because they win, win in dramatic fashion, and the Mets, and the Mets get a break because the Braves lose. They lose to a bad national team. Now you're a game up going into Atlanta. The difference between being a game up and being even is insanely, catastrophically different. You win one game, you're still in the driver's seat with the tiebreaker. If you were even and you lose two out of three, you're down one. And heaven forbid you were losing, down a game. Takes a little bit of the pressure off. A little bit. Not all of it. A little bit. Didn't love the men at bats today. Thought the approach from some of the guys was puzzling. But they needed this win. Can make the argument this is the biggest win of the season. Down 4 to nothing in this game. I know the Marlins stink. The Mets had to have it. And it wasn't pretty. And it made you sweat. But the much maligned Eduardo Escobar is now the beloved Eduardo Escobar. Can all turn to New York Minute. That's how it goes around here. So there was a lot to digest from all the baseball. And one more note, and we're going to have the giant quarterback. How about that? We got all this going on, and Daniel Jones is going to join us. I have no feeling on Garrett Cole's start tonight. I totally forgot to mention this. I didn't want him to throw a perfect game because if he throws a perfect game, it's, hey, he's got to do it in October. And then when he gives up running the sixth inning, it's like, oh, we can't pitch. Cole has had a disappointing regular season. And it's disappointing, especially because of what happened last year in Boston in the wildcard game. Where's he going to be judged? Game one against that 3-6 winner, okay? So, New York sports fans, fired up. Big weekend for the Mets and the Braves. Billy show, Yankees clinched the AL East. Give him credit for that. Not a whole lot of people had the Yankees winning the division at the beginning of the year. Sounds crazy because they had this record-setting pace for three months. It felt like a foregone conclusion all year. They were going to win the division. They have that awful month of August where it was very much in doubt. But you get the result you desired, and now you grade this team and judge them in the month of October. So we know both teams are going. Yankees are division champ. We'll see if the Mets follow suit this weekend. 
We'll have all football stuff in full detail tomorrow, but we do have a pretty big football guest who we welcome in each and every week. He's coming off his first loss. Played well. Teammates at his back. Colin Cowherd, one of the dumbest comments about a football game I've ever heard imaginable after the Monday night game. I don't know why I keep giving him attention. I just thought his tweet, which I saw the other day, was so mind-numbingly stupid that it just needs to be stressed over and over again. So we might ask Daniel Jones about that. Get his thoughts. The quarterback of the New York Football Giants joins us next. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less. And one, because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time and the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the golden collection at UGG.com. So we're getting ready for week four. Giants are two and one. They have their first loss of the year. Hard fought. Close game, close but no cigar effort against the Dallas Cowboys. We welcome in for our weekly chat the quarterback of the New York football giants, Daniel Jones. What's up, Daniel? How are you, bud? Doing good. How you doing, JJ? Daniel, we're doing all right. Uh, first things first here. So I'm at the game Monday night. And, you know, you get an opportunity to see you guys up close in person. And I'm saying, man, my dude is taking a beating in this game. My dude is absolutely taking hit after hit after hit. So I, I got to start here. How are you feeling? Uh, is the body, is the mind, the spirit all right? I mean, thank God I don't play football, Daniel. That's what I was saying. Like, I played as a kid. I, 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 I'm walking around. I see, like, Michael Parsons and Lawrence and these dudes. That's not fun taking those hits, man. So how are you hanging in? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, yeah, it was a physical game. Um, you know, we expected that going in and, and a lot of credit to them, their defense, their pass rush, those guys you mentioned, they're big, big, strong, fast guys. So, um, it was a physical, physical game, but I'm feeling good and, uh, ready to get back at it this week. So pass protection was a problem in this game. There's no doubt. But if there was one thing that your offense did a fantastic job in doing, Daniel, it was you 
and you making plays with your legs. I think for anybody who had Daniel Jones on their fantasy team, they see 75, 80 yards of rushing. They love seeing that. Did the breakdowns in pass protection and the fact that the Cowboys have so many ferocious pass rushers, did that kind of force you into far more of like a scramble mode type of game? Or was that something that you and Coach Dable kind of stressed going in, hey, I want to make more plays with my legs? Uh, I think it was kind of a feel as we got into the game and, and uh, you know, seeing opportunities to do that uh, throughout it. And like I said, you got to give credit to them and, and their pass rush. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that was as much of a thought going into the game. I think it was just kind of how it played out. And, and uh, yeah, we'll continue to look for those opportunities. So you guys had a couple opportunities to make some big plays. You had that terrible offensive pass interference call. I mean, I don't know what they were looking at there. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. And let's be honest, that was a game changer at the end of the first half. You throw that in, you throw in a couple of drops, and those big plays outside of the Saquon touchdown run and a couple of your scampers, they're nowhere to be found. So for you, you're in the huddle. You lead your team. You're trying to move down the field. How frustrating is that when you have big plays that look like they're going to be game changers in the game, and then all of a sudden, Daniel, they're taken off the board? Uh, yeah, you know, that's uh, that's tough. But, uh, you know, teams deal with that. A lot of teams deal with it. We got to find a way to, uh, you know, respond to those situations and still be able to create more and create more opportunities for ourselves, um, you know, to, to make those plays. But, um, you know, I think, you know, you know, when we got into the got into a little bit of a rhythm, we hurt ourselves with some of those penalties, some of those uh, just you know errors that we can uh, prevent and uh, things we can control. So we'll definitely look to clean that up going forward. You know, Daniel, I was thinking about this. Saquon's run was electrifying, dude. I mean, that was that was beast mode right there. You guys take the lead. MetLife Stadium is rocking, man. It was rocking. The whiteout, you guys got those beautiful color rush jerseys on. In your time as giant quarterback, was that the loudest you had heard MetLife Stadium, the Monday night game against Dallas? I think it was for sure, yeah, for sure. I think uh, pregame, you could kind of feel it as, you know, everyone was coming in and uh, you could feel the energy and the buzz. I think, you know, opening kickoff, everyone was up and, and uh, and rocking, but yeah, I think it it most definitely was the, the loudest I've been uh, been there for, and and uh, we enjoy that. We appreciate the support. So after the game, Daniel, I thought it was very telling. Your teammates really had your back. One of your offensive linemen, Feliciano, was like, "This dude played his balls off. He's trying to make things happen. We got to be better around him." You hear a comment like that. It's coming from one of the dudes that's trying to keep you upright. Is that and look, you're trying to win a game. I understand that. There's no, there's no moral victories. There's no silver linings. I get it. You either win or lose. That's life in the NFL. But it's got to be nice knowing a new lineman. He's new to the team. He's played on winning teams with Buffalo. For him to come out and kind of have your back like that, that's got to feel awfully nice, right? Uh, yeah, it uh, it does, and um. You know, playing hard, playing tough. And that's certainly the expectation for all of us, uh, you know, every time we go out there. So I think we got a group that has really embraced that mindset, who, who, uh, you know, plays that way from the first kick to the last kick. You know, I think uh, obviously there's some things we could have done better, but I thought throughout the whole game we played tough and we we fought hard, we battled. 
and uh, and I was proud of that. So we got to clean up some things, but um, yeah, we got guys who want to fight. We got guys who want to play hard, and and that's a fun thing to be a part of. You just mentioned things that you feel the offense has got to do a better job of. What, in your opinion, is the biggest thing you guys got to clean up and get better at? Um, I think it's just uh, you know hurting ourselves at some point and drives, whether it's a negative play or a, a penalty or a, a just a missed opportunity here or there that stalls us out. I think, you know, we felt like we moved the ball fairly consistently, but, you know, weren't able to finish off those drives, um, you know, and it was something that, you know, that we did that, that, uh, that stopped us from doing that. So uh, we've got to do a better job there and, and uh, I'm confident we will. So I'm doing a show, Daniel, from the press box right after the game. And it's a tough loss. I'm dealing with a bunch of Giant fans. Uh, you know, we're going over the ins and outs of the game. And you know me, I'm a, I'm a lunatic. I spend way too much time on social media. My fiance is probably going to take my cell phone away from me at some point because I spend way too much time on that and, and fantasy and gamble. Yeah, I know, man. I know. Well, th- the good news is somebody like you can tune it out. Me, it's kind of part of the job and, you know, it's a part of the deal. So, like, it's it, it's a way to build the brand, if you will. But I saw this, dude. And this really pissed me off. I'm not going to lie. Like, I was ranting and raving about it, and I I was furious about it because I'm watching the game, and many Giant fans watch the game, and I see this knucklehead Colin Coward basically saying, oh, the the limitation, the reason the Giants lost the game is Daniel Jones. And I'm like, hold on a second now. Hold on a second now. You're going to tell me the quarterback is responsible for the Giants losing that game? Nonsense. Now, look, everybody could have done a better job. I understand that. But when you hear stuff like that, is it for you immediate, hey, I'm blocking out the noise. I'm not paying attention to this stuff. I'm focusing on what I need to do. Like, I, I, if I heard something like that, look, I know there's some things that you would like to clean up and get better, but, like, I don't know how anybody could watch that game and say, yeah, the, the main reason the Giants lost that game is because of the quarterback. You know what I mean? It's not like you threw four or five interceptions and you ended up losing the game. So that bothered me. I just had to get that off my chest. Just saying. Well, I appreciate I appreciate, <laughs> appreciate that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Uh... You try to block it out, you know. I think that's the biggest thing, and uh, it's you know you got to deal with it. And uh, playing quarterback, people say you get uh, more credit you deserve when you win, and and uh, too much blame when you lose. I don't know how true that is in every situation, but that's part of part of the job is you're going to be, uh, you know, people are going to look to you. So um, I get it, and uh, just uh, take it and move on. Luckily, I got coaches and teammates and people who uh, you know give me some feedback and criticism that I think is more constructive than that. I like the sound of that. And for you guys now specifically against the Chicago Bears, what's being stressed more this week? The fast starts, which we have not seen. You guys, for whatever the reason, Daniel, have looked better offensively in each of these three games in the second half. Is that more of a point of emphasis? Or is it the idea of, hey, we need more big plays? And look, Big plays, easier said than done. If you're not going to have them, you're not going to force the ball 60 and 70 yards down the field if it's not there. But what would you say is like a bigger point of emphasis from Coach Dable and for you guys as an offense? Fast starts or big plays? Um, I think fast starts is certainly something that we're we're focused on and, and, uh, you know, coming out of the gates, um, you know, playing well and executing. I think it's, you know, pretty simple. Uh, it comes down to executing and, and finishing off drives uh, in the end zone. So uh, that's been that's you know been a big emphasis of ours. It'll continue to be certainly be this week, and uh, we'll stress it at practice for sure. If you guys are going to have though more big plays within this offense, 
it is and listen, obviously the protection's got to be there. There's got to be separation. You have to deliver the throw. Like we know like the nuances and the equation of a successful NFL play, but what is it specifically that has been lacking maybe? Like the Shepard play week one, amazing. Big play, you hit the throw. You love seeing that. How how do you get more big plays within the Giant offense right now? Is I, Maybe that's a dumb question. I don't know, but I know it's something that Giant fans are looking for, Daniel. They want to see those big plays. Yeah, I mean, I think we we certainly want them too. There's no doubt about it. We're uh, trying to find ways to uh, to create them and, and make them happen. But, um, you know, I think it's not just cliche. I think it's true. You know, it's about execution and, and uh, doing your job. I think, you know, you watch other games, you watch teams around the league. Um, it doesn't always have to be a, you know, 60-yard bomb. It can be a, uh, you know, well-executed play where you get a guy in space and he makes the guy miss. And then, you know, you have your explosive, you know, catch and run. So I think, you know, creating those opportunities and everybody doing their job consistently so that you're ready when, you know, that opportunity comes. So you won the first two games of the year. You guys lose on Monday night. As far as, like, the routine... And, and I'm a superstitious guy, Daniel. So, like, for me, my football team hasn't lost the game, so that's why I have this beard going. I I don't care how patchy it gets. I don't care if I look like Ryan Fitzpatrick. I'm a lunatic like that. Like, if I play good golf, I'm wearing the same outfit. I'll wash it. I don't care. Do you change any routines now that you guys have lost the game? I, I don't know if you're superstitious or whatnot, but, like, anything changed for you when compared to a loss? Um, I don't know. Not, not really. Uh, hadn't been, um, we got a little group that's been, uh, going to dinner on Friday nights. Maybe we'll switch up the, the spot, uh, switch up the restaurant. I like that. Listen, it worked. It was, I, I like the sound of that. It worked the first two weeks. Doesn't work out against Dallas. Boom. It ends up working out week four against the bears. The only problem is what do you do if you guys win this week, DJ? And then you got a London game coming up. You gotta, you, you guys are out now. These are things I haven't thought about. Thanks for... Uh, See, I love that I'm already thinking about the fact that you're going to win this week. That's how confident I am. But that's, you know, like I said, you need a hype man for the locker room pregame speech. I'm your guy. All right. All right. I mean, I think a lot of the guys in the locker room be like, get this skinny ass out of here. But that's okay. I mean, I, I, I'm used to that. I'm used to criticism. That's the, that's the world I live in, Daniel. That's the world I live in. So, um, okay. Now, as you guys get ready for the Chicago Bears, it's a short week. Is that a tough adjustment for you where you played Monday night? You're not going through the normal routine like you normally would. Uh, the game's Sunday at 1 o'clock. You're not playing another Monday night game under the lights. Is that is that a tough adjustment? Or because of the fact that you and the team have you know, played plenty of primetime games over the years, you know, that's just kind of part of the course in the NFL? Uh, it is, it, you know, it is somewhat of an adjustment. You got to... Uh, you know, move on. Obviously, it was a hard-fought game uh, for us, a disappointing game. But, uh, you know, we talk about win or lose, you got to be able to flush it and move on. And, and uh, you know, with a short week, that's especially important. So we've uh, we've done that. You know, we had a good day today, I feel like, and, and preparing for Chicago and guys' minds are, are in the right spot and, and ready to go. So that's part of playing in the NFL. You get a new opportunity uh, every week. So uh, we'll be ready for it. So I was thinking about this at the game on Monday. I see Jerry Jones right after the game. You wouldn't like this because it was after the Cowboys won. He's got the cigar in his mouth. He's got the bourbon. He was, you know, 
He was in his glory. I see Jimmy Kimmel. Like, all the big stars were out for the Giants and the Cowboys. Now, when you're playing a game, whether you were at Duke or whether you were with the Giants, I get it, man. You got to focus on the next play, uh, what your coaches are telling you, what your teammates are telling you. But was there ever a moment you're playing a game and you find out somebody's there pregame or you find out somebody's there, you know, well before the game in the stands or whatnot where you're like, Shit, man, I'm a little starstruck right now. Was there ever, was there ever like a big celeb or I don't know, supermodel, whatever the case, where it kind of perked you up a little bit? Uh, not, not really. I really didn't know um, those guys were there. Got, people were talking about it today in the locker room. I think uh, I don't know, Lil, Lil Uzi was there, and uh, oh wow, I didn't even know that. And uh, Kimmel, yeah. So, so that was cool. Just uh, you know, you talk about the atmosphere on Monday night, and and uh, you know how pumped up the fans would be were and and uh you know i think that and then you know you got some guys like that in the house it's pretty cool pretty cool atmosphere well when joe montana was in the super bowl he saw the late john candy on the sideline and that was like the break the ice moment right before he had that iconic two-minute drive daniel he's like it's john candy and everybody's like yeah man we're ready so like in london so like a week from now when you guys are playing a london game if like Rihanna is somebody's on the sideline, you know, everybody's tense and everybody's like all stressed out. You got to be like, got to channel your inner Joe Montana, DJ. Think of me. You'd be like, hey, there's Rihanna. Let's go, guys. We're going to score a touchdown now. We got to do it for Rihanna. Is Rihanna a big, uh, is she in London a lot? Or? Well, I was just, you want to know why I threw her out there? Because she's performing the halftime of the Super Bowl. So, I mean, it's a lot. Dude, when you're playing a London game, that's you're going to get some big stars going out for that game. Yeah, I've, not, I've never been to London. I'm excited. Are you guys going, like, right after the game on Sunday? Is that the move, basically? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think uh, at some point later in the week. But uh... that'll be an ad- I-, I can tell you that will be an adjustment. That will be an adjustment. Because I, now, I didn't play a football game. So I'm drinking way too many beers and watching Jay Cutler throw four interceptions when the Saints shut out the Dolphins. So uh, I-, I would hope, Daniel, for your sake, you're going to have a much better game than that. And I could tell you from my London football experience, the bar is very low and I fully expect you to exceed that. But any, like the guys, you're, you seem to be excited for the London trip. Yeah, I think the guys are excited. Um, you know, I think we're, we're focused on Chicago uh, right now. And that's what, you know, everyone's talking about. That's where everyone says that right now. But, but I think guys will be excited uh, next week for sure. I like the sound of that. And final one, you're getting ready for the Chicago Bears. This is a team that's off to a surprising 2-1 start. You guys, it's kind of like the battle of 2-1s, two teams that were not in the playoffs last year, two teams that have played well in the month of September. You guys are going to get to 3-1, and you guys are going to have a very happy plane ride across the pond to London, maybe cranking some Beatles. I don't know, whatever whatever the British invasion music. That it, it, by the way, is that like a big thing in the locker room? If you guys win, are you guys cranking music? I would hope so, right? Yeah, you know, we, uh, well, Dave was dancing after the game in Tennessee, so you saw that. Was- I did. Well, I was wondering, like, who gets say with the music after a win? Like, is it like, hey, you're one of the captains, I'm putting on what I want to hear? Or is it like, whoever ended up having, like, the biggest game or gets, like, a game ball one night? That's that's a big question there. Yeah, I don't think guys want to hear, you know, Kings of Leon and, and my type of stuff. Wow, so you're already like, nah, I don't want in on the music. See, that's the difference between me and you, DJ. If it were me, like when I'm playing golf, I'm like, no, 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 we're picking my playlist. That's it. We're picking my playlist. You don't like the music too bad. What would you be playing after a win? Oh, man, I could I could do anything. I could do a little Drake. I could do a little Fleetwood Mac, Stones, whatever. 
it depends on what my mood is before the game. You know what I'm saying? Like if I'm stoked before the game and I'm in a, you know, classic rock mood, I do that. If I'm in a hip hop mood, I do that. Like I, I don't know, man. You got to get me on. It depends on my mood. All right. All right. That's fair. Um, but if you get ready for the Bears, biggest key if you guys are going to get to three and one on Sunday. Uh, yeah, I think they're, you know, they're a good defense. Um, you know, they make plays in the back end uh, with their secondary and, uh, you know, some smart players back there. So I think taking care of the ball, uh, you know, be a big part of this week. And then, you know, finishing the end zone, finishing our drives, uh, scoring touchdowns uh, when we get those opportunities in the red zone. Daniel Jones, the quarterback of the 2-1 and one New York Giants. And one quick thing, Daniel, and I hate ending on a sour note, that Sterling Shepard injury made me sick the other day. How's he doing? Is he doing all right? Uh, yeah, I think he's doing all right. Uh, yeah, it's uh, hard to hard to see, heartbreaking uh, as a teammate, as a friend. And, um, you know, he's, he's battled through so much, battled through so much to get back uh, on the field this year. So, hate it for him and, and uh, really feel for him. Sure. We wish him nothing but the best. Go get him on Sunday. Kick some ass. I hope we're talking about the 3-1 New York Giants next week. All right? Awesome. Thank you, JJ. There you have it. That's the quarterback, Daniel Jones, and the New York Football Giants. So that's our abbreviated show. Good stuff from the Giant quarterback. Big weekend of baseball coming up. Football Friday show with Beningo tomorrow. Two things. Voicemails. Didn't take any. We want to do a quick pod here. Tomorrow, I'll take a few. 917-382-1151. Gauntlet, Judge, the Met Brave Series, the football, Daniel Jones, it's all on the table. That's number one. Number two, we'll see you at Billy's on Friday night. You coming to Yankee Stadium to see history? And I'm going to have to have, like, the Met game going on the phone. I mean, I, good, good thing I have good seats. That's all I'm going to say. Good thing I have good seats because that's going to be a total shit show every which way. So voicemails tomorrow. Football Friday with Joe Art and Cats tomorrow and Billy's Friday. That's it. Abbreviated show. Hope you enjoyed it. JJ out. Gore, Stefan. Be good, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side-by-side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.